Father, I pray that I can give a simple word. I'm not interested in dazzling anybody today um, or impressing anybody today, Lord. What I'm really interested in, Jesus, Father God, is that our lives change today. That we learn today to love you more and to serve you better and to worship you with more purity. That's my desire, Lord. You deserve it, Jesus. You deserve it. Charlie had a word last week, and it just hit me that don't deprive Jesus of the exaltation and praise and worship that he deserves. That stayed with me, Charlie. We don't want to deprive you of the worship and the, the living sacrifice that you deserve. So, Lord, bless us as we hear and as we preach. Don't let anyone leave in condemnation, Lord, and don't let me be a bearer of condemnation, Lord. It concerns me that I would do that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Pam and I went to a conference this week, and it was really good. It was at Global Awakening. And the Lord just spoke to me so clearly, and uh, just he gave me some instructions, and maybe some of it will unfold. It wasn't anything, Mike, I know you're a man of revelation, you know. It wasn't any deep revelation, but, man, we saw the power of God, you know. That's, that's, uh, the power of God's pretty deep, <laughs> you know. And um, just saw some beautiful saints and uh, heard some great preaching. And uh, I went down forward on the first night, and I had impartation. Uh, Randy Clark laid hands on me, and I mean, I got something. I got something. And uh, you know what's funny? I, some of you don't understand this, but I literally collapsed to the floor, and I just started calling out to God and travailing and praying and uh, groaning, just praying out, calling out to God. God was all over me. And right in the middle of this, right in the middle of groaning and crying and, you know, just all of a sudden my son came to me, my boy came to me. And I started praying for my son, just crying out to God for my son. That happened to me twice. And I felt like, in a lot of times, the church is on my heart, right? I, I want to do better for Grace Point. I do. I want to do better. I want to preach better. I want to be better at communicating Jesus. I want to be a better example. I know I'm not perfect. I know that. I can question myself. And I want, so a lot of times when I go down, that's what I'm after. I, I want to do better. And I was just amazed at, in, uh, in my hunger to help y'all to be a better pastor what God was interested in was my son. Let's don't lose our kids. The word says that when Elijah comes, and you know, John the Baptist was a type of Elijah. Jesus said Elijah was going to come again. Peter talked about it in chapter 3 of Acts. He said he's going to restore all things, right? But one of the things Elijah does, and that's the power of God coming, it's the power of God coming is he restores the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. We need that in our generation. I hang out with kids. Anybody last night that was with me at the graduation party, uh, they know I hang out with kids, youth. I just, I love kids. And, but what I see going on in the youth of our nation grieves me. 
I talk to young people all the time, and I talked to a couple young ladies last night. They do not know the gospel. They don't know the gospel. Do you know what they know? They, sometimes, last night, I, th- I think I'm a good person. When I go, when I die, I think God will let me in. If there is a heaven, I think it'll work out for me. And I said, well, have you ever lied? Oh, yeah. Have you ever cursed your mom and dad? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. I have. Have you? And I said, uh, well, I don't want to throw out the theory that you're a good person. But I said, God is a completely holy being. Totally holy. He's without spot. He doesn't have a wrinkle. He can't cast a shadow because he doesn't change. Isn't that amazing, Talon? God can't even cast a shadow because he doesn't change. There's no variableness in him. He's always the same. That song that you're faithful, God doesn't change. But the problem is that mankind truly did fall when Adam sinned. The word says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Did you know that? Romans 5? No, this is another scripture. That's Romans 3.23. You're right. In Romans 5, way to keep me on guard. Way to stay after me, guys. Hey, I've, I've called Moses Noah in a sermon before. And I didn't know it until I heard the tape. That's why I don't listen to the tapes anymore. I think I was talking about Moses building an ark or something. I don't know. That's true. That's literally true. And I called a, a, a woman by her husband's name. I said, God, I don't even want to listen to this anymore. I'm too flawed. Yeah, amen. In Romans 5, it says, many were made sinners through the transgression of one. Many were made sinners. And the word says that we were all prisoners of sin. Did you know that? We were all prisoners. We're prisoners of sin. Every human being, and you know, there's debates on how well we can obey God as nominal. I don't care about that. I don't care if people believe that. The, The fact is, that we're all prisoners of sin, according to the Scripture. So we need a Savior, and I was telling him, this holy God, when you stand before Him, there's not a, any unrighteousness, and heaven is a place without righteousness. We cannot get in there. The Bible says all dogs, all fornicators. I am not a fornicator now, but I was. How about you? Don't, don't answer that, Charlie. We already know about Charlie. We already know about Charlie. But the fact is, based on my own merit, I would not be allowed in heaven. That's not what I am now, but I was. All the dogs, all the adulterers, all the fornicators, the liars, the liars, they're going to be outside the gate, the Word says. So I explained to her very simply, you need a Savior. I wouldn't be allowed in. Even... The good I've done since I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, I would not be allowed in heaven because all my good doesn't atone for all the evil I've done in my life. I need a Savior. How about you? You desperately need a Savior. Your children need a Savior. They could be totally indifferent to God. They need a Savior, and these kids need a Savior. We want to start youth group up in September. We have to. I don't If there's one kid or 50... 
one of the things the Lord told me. You know, this was, okay, the hearts of the fathers are turned to the children. Okay, I'm going somewhere. My heart was turned to them. You know what's amazing? And I, and I, I don't want this to go out. On, I know it's public, and I don't want to go out. But my boy wasn't talking to me. And uh, he called me yesterday. Yeah, we had a good we had a good talk yesterday. Amen, amen. Just stuff, you know. I love that boy with all my heart. I rolled on that floor and cried for him. And he called me yesterday, and I was happy that he did. We had a good conversation. Told me he loved me. Family's tough sometimes. Family's tough. Friends are tough. Family's tougher. But this preacher, Chad, what a great preacher. He's about six foot, what, eight. I don't know how tough. Big, muscular guy. He's the, he's the anti-Brad. <laughs> I really feel sorry for you guys. I, do. I wish you had a pastor like Chad. It would be so impressive for you. <laughs> you know? No, it's true. Like You, can, you guys got to say, who's your pastor? Oh, uh, Brad Kittle. <laughs> Little Brad. You know, no, I'm just saying, no. No, if Chad was your pastor, I'm telling you, you'd be like, Chad Evers, my pastor, and he can kick your butt, you know? We do have Charlie. Yeah, we do, we, we do get Charlie. Thank God for that. But God doesn't make, I'm having fun. I'm just having fun. But this guy's a giant of a guy, and I love him so. What a pure heart. But when he bends down to hug me, I mean, he bends down to hug me. Hey, Brad, good to, I just love you, brother. I'm like... I love you too, Chad. <laughs> I got a word for you. Will you listen to me? I did have a word for him. What a brother. But he preached and he said, I'm going somewhere. I'm remembering where I'm at. He said, You've, uh, God's told you to do something and you didn't do it. And I'm like, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm listening to God. I'm, I'm too afraid not to listen. I'm a pastor. I got to make sure I listen to God. And the Lord, Holy Spirit said, youth group. I went, oh, oh, I haven't started the youth group, Lord. I wrote it down. God got me. I got to start a youth group. Or if there's one of you, how old are you? Can you go to youth group? What's your age? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if there's one, I, we, got to start a youth, we got to start a youth group. And I just trust God knows what he's doing. Now, he gave a message on it and Moses told God, he says, God, you've told me to lead this people, but you didn't say who would go with me. I have no idea who will help me be a youth. I need a youth pastor. don't have one. He said, uh, you didn't tell me who would go with me. And Lord, you didn't tell me how I would go. And God's, Moses is complaining to God. And God more or less says, go, and I'll be with you. You, you go, and I'll be with you. So I'm gonna, we're going to... See, if I, Noah, if Noah comes, then we'll have one, right? If we get brother Noah to come, we'll have one. But so he talked to me about it. What's that got to do? Well, because the hearts of the fathers are turned to the kids. Folks, we can't lose this generation. We can't lose our kids. What would it profit a man? And Talon, I so respect you. And Kelsey, I do. I honor you. And, and Gideon. I respect you, and I honor you. Larry, your phone going off back there? I respect you. <laughs> but there is an off button on there. You just, you, 
I know it's technology, just press the off button. <laughs> but no, I respect you and Sonny for how you guys raise your kids. I marvel at it. We don't want to gain the whole world and lose our soul. Amen. I, respect, I, I, I admire it and I honor it. We need to raise our kids in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That's priority. We don't want to lose our kids. And I say that because as I was going out, and I got to tell some stories, we're going to have an altar call this morning. God, God's going to do something. I really believe that. Maybe you'll cry out for your kids. Maybe you don't know they're lost and going to hell. I don't care how good you think your kids are. They have sinned, trust me. And you've got to know that they have. You live with them. They know you've sinned too, by the way. They live with you. They need the Lord. And they don't need a God that you preach to them as a whip or as a threat. They need a God that they know. One that will guide them and comfort them and forgive them and heal them and be real, lead them in their life. They, they need a real God. I, I was at the uh, Weiss uh, Food Mart, and uh, I was going in, I saw a kid, and he had a, little, he had a thing on it said, Elijah, and I turned to him, and I said, hey, do you know where you got your name? He goes, no, my mom gave it to me. <laughs> okay. I said, you know what it means, where it comes from? He says, no. I said, you don't know where Elijah, do you know that's in the Bible? He goes, no. You've never heard of Elijah? No. You're kidding. You don't know. So from there, I got to preach the gospel to this young man. He prayed with me. Whether it, God only knows whether it took or not, right? You have to believe with your heart. Saying a prayer doesn't get you saved unless your heart is in it. But you've got to say the prayer. Amen. So we say the prayer, but your heart has to be engaged. The boy had never heard the gospel. You guys know I'm somewhat of an evangelist, and when I go out, I'm amazed at how many young people now have never heard the gospel. I have to go back to tier one and explain to them, you indeed are a sinner, and I'll prove it to you. You ever done this? Oh, yeah. You ever done that? Oh, yeah. Last night. You ever done? Okay. That's called sin. They all agree with you, by the way. Did you know that? They'll agree with you. Oh, I know it's wrong. I know that. So this next generation needs to hear the gospel, and we're, we're required in one way or another, one-on-one, -on -one, whatever we can do, we have to, and some of you, it may be an agonizing prayer, but we've got to reach this next generation. Our country is in real trouble. Did you know that? I'm not going to talk about stuff going on right now. Maybe before the election, I'll have a sermon on it. I pray about it. I'm grieved by it. You know, this whole thing, you know, and I, I don't, I have a tendency to get off on stuff and I'm trying not to, but this whole thing about identity and LGBTQRS, whatever, God made you who you are and that's who you are. I love that cartoon. Was it Bobby Randy? It was a lady in, from the fifties and she had the, you know, the ponytail and she's baking with her daughter and her daughter looks at her, I don't know if you guys saw this, and she says, Mom, I think I'm a boy. Now put yourself, this is like Betty Crocker, you know, in the 50s, one of those old uh, family circle, whatever, cartoons. And her mom says to her, she goes, no, you're not, honey. Huh? Said, well, oh, yeah, she says, well, you're not. End of conversation.
And kids need to hear that. No, you're not. No, you're not a boy. You may have some confusion, but you're not. if you're a girl, you're a girl. If you're a boy, you're a boy. Our desires can be very sinful. Did you know that? Just look at yourself. Do you ever have a sinful desire? Do you ever have a wrong sexual desire? Anybody in this room besides your pastor? Well, that tells you anybody can have a wrong desire. Amen? It's not your identity. And if we, these kids don't know who they are, they'll get grounded. And I don't want to get off on that, but I'm just not afraid to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell. And it leads to destruction. Everywhere it goes, it leads to destruction. Can't help you. But in order to change this generation, in order to make a change, we need something from God. We need a revival. We need an encounter. We need a visitation. We need, from God, we need power from God. We need power from on high. If you're complacent about your children's eternal destiny, you need power from God. If you're complacent about the generation that's coming behind you and you don't care about these kids, you need power from God. You need something to change you. If you're indifferent to a lost and dying world, if we are, I'm not, trust me, I'm not throwing something on you. But if we're indifferent to our neighbor's plight, we need something from God. We need the power of God. If your marriage is in trouble, you need the power of God. There is no way. Paul said to Timothy, endure afflictions according to the power of God. The, endure afflictions. In order to endure afflictions, you need the power of God. You won't. You'll fold without the power of God. I titled my sermon today, and I'm getting there. My greatest sin. Seems weird that I would call it my greatest sin. I'm going to talk about the power of God. The Word of God says in Ephesians 5, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? It's an active. It's not be filled one time. It's be being filled. Be filled and be refilled. I'm going to show it to you in the book of Acts. Be filled again. Be filled again. But we're going to be done by 10 till at the latest, we're going to be done because we're going to have prayer today. Be being filled, and I'll just cut to the chase. My greatest sin is not being filled with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely a sin. Brother Brad, why do you say that? And I don't mean one time being filled. I don't even mean praying in tongues. I've come to believe, I've known people that get a tongue activated where they pray in tongues, and I think it's because when you're born again, your spirit has a voice, and you can pray in tongues, but they did not receive power from God. Their lives didn't change, they didn't change, nothing about them was different, nothing was changed. They prayed in a tongue, they did not receive power, and if they did, it was so far buried, even the, you know, even the angels couldn't find it. No, when the early church got power, they got power. Something changed in their life. Something was different about them. They weren't perfect because no one's perfect except for the Lord. But something fundamentally changed in their life. They were new creations and they knew it. 
They weren't confessing it a hundred times a day to make it true. It was true. And many of you have truly been touched by the power of God, and you've been filled by the power of God. But I know in my own life, a guy that was praying in the Spirit, evangelizing, winning souls to Christ. You know, I went through a crisis in my 40s, and I walked away from the Lord, and I promise you, I did not have the power of God when I got my DUI. I was under the power of something else, and it wasn't God. Scott, you've seen a lot of people under the power of what I was under the power of. You can lose it. I'm not going to debate today about losing or gaining. You have to give your salvation away to lose it. I really believe that. But the Bible tells you to be being filled and why it's a great sin for Brad Kittle. I'm not even talking about you. Not to be filled with the Spirit because when I am not filled with the Spirit on a daily basis, be being filled, Chuck. Be being filled. I am selfish. I grouse at my wife. Jesus would, the Holy Spirit would never grouse at this woman. And, and he wouldn't grouse at me either. <laughs> Let's keep it real. Come on. You can't be filled with two spirits, folks. You can't be filled with the spirit of slander and the spirit of praise. How can a fountain produce sweet water and bitter water coming out of the same water fountain? It can't happen. You've either got sweet water and you've got sweet fountain, or you've got bitter water and bitter fountain. Can't have both. Be being filled. My greatest sin, when I am truly filled with the Holy Spirit, I truly care about people and I operate in my gifts. And I'm out telling people about Jesus because that's what I do. Folks, when you're filled with the Spirit, you operate in your gifts. And no church will be built by one man. Never. Can't, can't happen. It isn't my salary alone that goes into paying this, these bills in the church. I'm, I, I alone can't win a city or a tribe. It's all of us together. No one person. In fact, you, you'll kill a man if he tries to do it all. You'll kill him. You have gifts. Oh, we're going to go there in this church. We're going to go there and get you activated in your gifts. We're going there. I don't want pew setters anymore. I don't care. If you come in and sit down and sit in a pew, that's fine. I, don't, I, I love you. Be in the pew. Learn about Jesus. But I really, I want to take you from the pew into your gifts and calling, into your identity in Christ, and into the mission that God has sent you out there for. Missy, I don't have time. I can't do Samaritan's ministry. If it was up to me, I don't have time. That thing would die. Because I, I don't have time to do that and everything else I'm called to do. I can't raise your kids. I can't win your neighbor. If you call me over, I probably could talk to them, but... You have gifts. There are people in this church that have, have prophetic gifts and you don't even know it. You've got healing gifts. You don't even know it. We, there are people that have gifts of helps and there is nothing, and I could look at you and point my finger at you and say, it's you. You have a gift of help. Gifts of helps. Gifts of help are when you help. That's what, take all the 
mystery out of it. A gift of help is when you help. And you can't function in a church. In fact, Norval Hayes, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful man of God I've ever known, started with the gift of helps. He started helping the poor. He started helping his pastor. He didn't preach it. He, he didn't lay hands on this. He didn't do it. He went down to the garbage dumps and paid for kids' food and fed kids. And he helped people. He helped kids. He was a businessman. He was helping poor people. He had the gift of helps. He was helping. He helped his pastor. How can I... Randy, you're an usher. You're helping. You work in the nursery. You're helping. You clean the church. You're helping. There's gifts of help, but there's gifts of evangelism. There's all kinds of gifts. And if you never get activated in your gift, you're going to go to heaven. You're going to be mad at me. You say, Brad, you never told me I was supposed to do that. You never trained me. You never taught me that I was supposed to get off the pew. You know why they call them pews, right? because they stink, right? Amen. <laughs> you got it. Someone got it. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read the scripture. I was going to go through Luke and Acts and make my case today. I'm not going to be doing that. I'll make my case later. Folks, we need the power of God. And on the word says, when Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you're born again, your spirit is born again. You must be born again. Do you know whose spirit lives in you when you're born again? Spirit of Christ, which is the spirit of God. You study it out. When you're born again, and I don't have time to go and improve all these things. It's in there. When you're born again, Christ liveth in me. The hope of glory, Christ in you. Do you know Jesus got filled with the Holy Spirit? Did you know that? Do you know you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit? The born again Christian? Did you know that? The Holy Ghost isn't optional. He's not a second class citizen. We don't bury him in the back room. The Holy Spirit is not an option. He's a, he's a part of the Trinity, one of the expressions of God. You can be born again and be more or less filled with the Spirit because you have to be, be being filled. You got to be being filled. You need to be activated. I got saved, gave my life to God, went down to an altar, and I didn't feel, feel emotionally anything. I didn't feel a thing. I prayed a prayer. Lord, come into my heart. I know I, I felt shame. I was ashamed. I was ashamed. That's what I felt. Then I, my shame got lifted. But they took me in this room and they prayed for me. We're not doing that today. And they said, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? My denomination told me that, that, that all that stuff had gone away. There's no scripture for that. Not one. Not one. But they told me that and I believed them. I said, but, but here's the thing. My sin had brought me to a place of humility where I didn't think I knew everything. I was a Church of Christ kid. I was a whiz kid. We won Bible League tournaments, but we won the State of Ohio Bible Bowl tournament. I was the captain of the team. Pam was my assistant. True story. We were on the stage at the Lauchie building uh, answering questions about the Bible, and we won that. I, I, I was a whiz kid. I knew the Bible, but I, my sin humbled me, and I thought, well, maybe there's something I don't know. I sure am sinning a lot. I'm sure not happy. I've made a mess of everything. And I said, this is what I said to Bill Yope. I said, Bill, check my theology here. 
Bill, if it's from God, I want it. That was my faith right there. If this is from God, I want it. Well, I got it. They laid their hands on me, and out of my belly, just it felt like a bucket of water was poured on me. You felt it too, didn't you, Charlie? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? And back here, back here, over here. Felt like a bucket of water was poured, and all of a sudden, out of my belly started flowing power in a heavenly language, and I gasped, and I cried out, and I felt, I, I was on my knees, and I fell over, started crying, and I started praying in the spirit, tongues, praying out, and what I didn't know at that moment, I knew it when I walked out of the prayer room, I felt my chest, and I said, I do not smoke anymore, and I didn't. Power of God. I went home, and I'm sad to admit this. I'm sorry if it lets you down, but I grabbed my girly magazines from underneath my mattress, and I threw them away. I'm still free. I don't look at that stuff. Haven't in years, folks. Been years. Don't look at it. If I see something on there, I get my eyeballs off of it quick. That quick. Threw my girly magazines away. I went into my refrigerator. Saw my strohs. I drank strohs. I poured it down the drain. And I become, became very hungry because I knew that Jesus was alive. He wasn't just the book of Acts. He wasn't. He was now. He's alive right now. And to this day, folks, I, you can look at me and, I, you know, with all my failures, all my faults, you can look at me. But one thing I will say about Brad Kittle, that's me, I know that Jesus is alive. And I am going to serve Jesus until the day I die, and nothing is going to get in my way of doing that. Whether I do it good or bad, I know I will stand before him one day. And I love him. It's not a fear thing with me. I'm not, he loves me. Every time I backslid or started to, he came after me. He never threw me away. People write you off. Jesus never wrote me off. Jesus has never told me that I was a failure or he didn't like me or nothing like He encourages me. He causes me to grow. He tries to get me to be better. But he has never condemned me. He's told me, what are you doing here, son? I was sitting at that bar. He says, what are you doing here, son? What are you doing here? I don't know, God. I'm discouraged. I'm discouraged, Lord. I know I don't belong here. I know this isn't for me. I'm discouraged, Lord. Let's read the scripture. This is Luke 24, and I'm going to read it. This is going to be, we can record the sermon as a lawful sermon because I'm going to read the scripture. Amen? Amen. I love the word. I've been preaching the word the whole time. You just got to grab it. Here we go. Luke 24, 44. Then he, who? He, Jesus, said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you. Jace, would you make your way to the stage and whoever else is going to come with you? Okay. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And they were fulfilled. 
and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Randy, would you go get the people in the kitchen and ask them to come up, please? And he opened their understanding that they may comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. How many of you believe Jesus rose from the dead on the third day? Well, you already believe the most incredible thing that anyone could believe. Why is the rest of Why are miracles so surprising when you believe that God became a man, you believe that God was born of a virgin, and you believe that God raised him from the dead? Why would any of the rest of it be surprising to you? The Bible says dead people walked around the city of Jerusalem. It's in the Word. Do you believe it? Well, then why would anything else be surprising to you? That's crazy. I mean, I believe it. But think about it. Oh, yeah, I believe dead people walked around Jerusalem after Jesus rose from the dead. You already believe that. Let's, let's go a little further. Amen. <laughs> he says, thus it was written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins, remission means gone forever. As far as the east is from the west, you repent, they're gone. They're out of here. Your sins are remembered no more. I talk about them. God doesn't talk about them. Should be preached in the name, his name in all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Get this. And you are witnesses of these things. Now get this. Behold, I send you the promise of my Father upon you. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you, you, come on in, ladies. I want you to come on in. Have a back, back row seat, wherever you need to sit. Scott, would you come up and move the chairs, please? Charlie, would you move them, please? Don't go anywhere, folks. The most important part of what's going to happen today is this.